It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. And all wise on this play, Wentz takes the snap. Steps up. He is floating it for the end zone. Incomplete. He wanted Jordan Matthews, who had a step on his man, tried to turn to his right and couldn't bring it in. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Welcome to BGN Radio, episode number 201. I'm John Stolnes, along with Matt Daring. We're going to take you through the Eagles-Giants game. Eagles lose 28-23 to uh, on Sunday afternoon in the Meadowlands. Uh, it was it was truly an awful experience. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hi, hello. Uh, I'm doing all right, John. Hey, uh, for those of you who don't know, John and I finally got to actually meet each other in person last night. That was uh, it was pretty cool. That's right. Both of us were in town visiting our parents. It turns out our parents live like 15 minutes away from each other, so uh, we went to... Uh, local bar in media pennsylvania hung out i met your wonderful your your lovely girlfriend she's uh she's wonderful wonderful to chat chat with and uh, it was awesome meeting you man i mean we it's so cool like when we're online we have all these twitter friends that we know and people that we know through blogs and podcasts and it's it's so rare to actually meet people face to face at least for me because i live so far away from everybody in virginia yeah, and too. Yeah. everybody else is and you're in state college and stuff and so yeah it's uh it, it was definitely cool man i'm, I'm glad we we're able to do that absolutely yeah, uh, and then today, that all that all those good feelings they just went away. Yeah, <laughs> the Eagles have a habit of doing that over the last few weeks. Any good feelings that you have heading into a Sunday, by the end of the day, largely are uh, stamped on the ground like an old cigarette. And uh, that's basically what happened with the Eagles today. Uh, as we mentioned, they lost twenty-eight to twenty-three to the Giants at the Meadowlands. Eagles now four and four on the season after starting the year three and zero. They are winless against the NFC East for the first time since two thousand eight. Zero and three. They have not won a road game yet this year. Zero and four on the season. Um, and you know, Matt, it's, 
they have a habit here in, on the road in these road games, starting off really slowly. Four, they've been down fourteen to nothing in the first quarter in Detroit, Washington, and New York so fo- so far. Um, you know, they just they have not come out ready to play at the start of road games so far this season, and it has today it it hurt them like it has in the other games. They built themselves into a huge hole that they just couldn't get out of. Yeah, and um, I think we've really seen Wentz's mechanics really suffer sort of at the beginning of the game. I wonder if they, I mean, if it's clear to me, it's got to be clear to them. I'm not sure what the solution is, because if, if I knew what the solution was, I I don't know. Then maybe You'd be a quarterback's would. coach, yeah, maybe probably. They, too. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I wonder if, you know, they got to come out and they got to tell them, do your breathing, or, I mean, who knows? Who knows what these guys do, but there's, you know, I wonder if they have some special sauce, because, you know, it comes out, and, and this was always sort of his problem, was that he misses high, and he keeps missing high, and he throws interceptions that he th- shouldn't throw, and... Yada yada yada. So I, I just wonder if you know if that's coming out. If that's that's the thing. But um, it's funny that they keep talking about like uh, you know the the front page of the sports the sports in, the Inquirer today was you know why hasn't Wentz had his like comeback moment yet? And I kind of I always sort of roll my eyes at that because you know in sports I think we talk about how much the order matters and I kind of go back and forth on how much I think it matters. But I really wish that if they played better at the beginning that we wouldn't have to talk about why he isn't like coming up big at the end. So, um, yeah, that was, I guess, sort of my frustration today is that they came out and they, they really did not play well to start and then picked it up towards the middle and then towards the end. It just, they just couldn't really work their way out of the hole. And we've seen this, we've seen this, this script a lot. I mean, I don't want to bore everybody with it, and not just with the Eagles either, but with other teams all around the league. Nevertheless, it did feel sort of familiar, and it was definitely a huge bummer. No, definitely a huge bummer. I mean, because this was a must-win game or a virtual must-win game coming into it, and it seemed as though the Giants knew that and had an urgency about them uh, that the Eagles didn't have because, I mean, you had Carson Wentz, obviously, was just off at the start of the game. Uh, the, the, both of his interceptions in the first quarter were terrible interceptions. It wasn't a matter of uh, the receiver messing anything up. I mean, they were both on Carson. He had to wear both of those. And, he should, you know, it, it's we're dealing with a rookie quarterback here and that's that, you know, that he's, we're going to see uneven play from him in some of these games. And that's what we saw today. And that's what we've seen in some of these first quarters on the road. Four of his five interceptions um, have come in the first quarter this season. And um, I saw the only one was the desperation heaved in the Detroit game. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. When they were trying and then that, you know, we'll get to that argument. But like you were mentioning the, the closing games out for Carson Wentz, the, the two areas where, you know, he is probably going to get the most criticism for this week are the areas at the times in when he has gotten picked off. And, you know, we've seen the Eagles be they've been outscored in the first quarter this year by 23 points uh, in the second quarter. They're outscoring teams. Uh, by 23 in the third quarter, they're outscoring teams by 58 points in the third quarter this year. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, they're outscoring teams by just five points. And, you know, we, we've seen, like you met, you, you said this pattern of starting slow. And then, you know, they, they've, they've been in position to win each of the four games that they've lost. Um, and especially today in the fourth quarter, after the uh, terrific interception, the the batted pass um, by Connor Barwin and the the really athletic interception um, uh, by Jordan Hicks to to put them in prime position to to steal a game in New York. And you know, I was thinking as I was watching, this is kind of how it works in football. You know, you're gonna, you're going to lose some games that you should win, and maybe you should. They're going to be a, a game or two you you win that you should lose, and it was starting to look like maybe this is going to make up for that Detroit game, or maybe it's going to make up for that Dallas game, and in the end, it didn't. And you know, it's it was really kind of depressing that they were in such good position 
and they couldn't punch it in, Matt. I mean, what's is it the talent level there, you know, on offense where there's just there's no flow? They're they're not good enough inside the red zone to 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 get it in the end zone. Well, I guess a lot of people are probably going to want to talk about the play calling. I don't really want much want to do that. I kind of like the play calling as it stands right now. Um, you know, for the most part, I don't think that any of it's designed to like really set the world on fire. But I don't really think that look, no one on this team is going to set the world on fire. So you just have to manufacture it. You know, it's baseball. You steal bases. If you can't hit home runs, it's the same thing. That's what we got to do. Can't hit home runs. We got to steal bases. So, um, I don't know the talent. It's it was really clear today, wasn't it? That the weapons are just they just suck. Aguilar yeah. sucks. I thought Matthews sucked. Um, yeah, he did. And I, and I don't know. Maybe Matthews will cry if he hears it, and maybe <laughs> maybe we'll all cry too. But I just thought he was. I don't know. I it, it's the third year now for him, and and like I don't know. He's very productive, but he is one of those garbage time superstars for sure. And um, I mean, he's he's like towards the top of the list and all those garbage time lists. You know, uh, Alan Hearns is number one, but Matthews is like top five in garbage mm-hmm. time touchdowns. Like, you know, this is this sort of thing that it just makes you wonder about it. And and like, <clears throat> I don't know. People talk about him like he's good and he's got a good track record, but they don't. They also talk about him like he's reliable and he is not reliable. Um, no, he's not. Yeah, I mean, it, we saw today on the final play of the game. I mean, it was it, it looked bizarre as it happened because it looked like he was open uh, in the end zone as Carson Wentz tried to hit him. It looked like a decent pass, and I, I don't know. It would seem like it might have even outfielder turning the wrong way on a fly ball. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and Doug said after the game that that was supposed to be um, he was supposed to be looking inside, but the ball came outside, and he, you know, so I guess he in effect said that Wentz should have done a better job, but um, the. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was just not that was not the play that needed to be made. And and other times, I mean, we've seen him just disappear. Or we're just like, where is Jordan Matthews? Right. Um, the first half of the season, he's been pretty prolific, but it just seems like at times he just totally disappears. And other times, you know, there's plays to be made. He's always struggled with drops. He's continued to struggle with drops. Um, sorry, that's true. That one's true. And, no, it um, is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know really what to what to make of him. But um, Aguilar again. I mean, his best play was sort of tanked when he stepped out, like, and then a few other times, you know, he had some drops. Yeah, he, he's just been not very good, and 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 you can sort of see it there, and you can see his limitations too. But you can sort of see that he's, you know, could really be something. But as it stands right now, I mean, I don't really, I don't really like any of these guys, and and I guess it's sort of a shame. Um, because it isn't fun to watch. I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys all do, but for me, whenever our, something's happening in an Eagles game, I'll just like I'll kind of curl my toes, you know. Whenever <laughs> something's happening, and I don't really know what's going to happen, and uh, you know, and not in a good way, like in a very bad way. And and I, you know, I, it really makes my feet cramp. If anybody knows why that is, by the way, <laughs> could you let me know? Because I hate it. But um, it's it, painful. It is. It's really. It yeah, is physically it is. painful. As, you know, painful. I'm just yeah. I'm just taking this team and sort of sublimating it. And this was how it always felt with Chip Kelly, right? Is it always felt like, man, we stole one, and then we sort of talk ourselves into like, we didn't steal one, we earned that. But like, even the wins weren't fun, and I think that's sort of where we are now. Like, even if we'd won this game, and we could have, this could have been a win. Yeah. And if we'd won this game, I'd still would be like, oh, good lord. Like I, I never want to feel this way again. I don't care if we never win another game because I that was horrible. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want to have fun while you're winning some of these things. And, you know, over the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case. No, I mean, I agree with you on the play calling with Doug Peterson, and he's going to take a lot of heat this week. And I want to get into Doug Peterson a little bit more in just a few minutes. But, you know, I don't necessarily, you know, disagree with the play call for the most part because he doesn't have a whole lot to work with. What's he supposed to do? I mean, the, the only thing is we saw some very creative play calling early in the season from him. And I, I don't know if it's just the rest of the league has kind of caught up on some tendencies of his, but uh, the, the quarterback keepers today, um, you know, the, the read option uh, keepers were not working and they kept trying to go back to it over and over. I don't know what they saw on film that made them think that was going to work, but they really, they kept hammering that and that fourth and goal play at fourth and uh, the fourth down play, uh, the first play, of the second quarter, uh, when they tried to go for that, I mean, that didn't fool anybody and was, it was a, a big play in the first half. And then again, uh, later on in, in the first half in the second quarter, um, when they tried on a fourth and short, when they, you know, well, let me ask you, do you think they should have kicked field goals in those two spots? Because you're, you're, you're looking at, you're down two scores still. It's still very early in the game. We have liked Doug Peterson being aggressive this year and, and coming into the game, he was five for five on fourth downs. Did you like those decisions for him to go for it there? Yeah, well, the play calls notwithstanding, and obviously they didn't work, and we all love the sort of second guessmanship. By the way, I think that if you look at Carson Wentz, you sort of think that he's got enough in him to run with power. Um, so I'm yeah, not really sure right why ahead. it didn't happen. Yeah. But it didn't really – I mean, it looked like he was totally bottled up. Those plays were dead. Who knows? But um, I did like the decision to go for it because uh, – I mean, all the same reasons that you like every decision to go for it. So, you know, they're down at the, whatever, it was like the eight-yard line or something, and they went for it, and they didn't get it. So suddenly the Giants have the ball, but they're at the eight-yard line. You know, that's not a good position for them to be in. I don't know if they made good in it. I don't remember the sequencing of how that all went down. But, um, you know, just a couple of times, like things like that, we, we saw them kind of, we they got pinned deep of a, another time. Maybe that was on a punt. Um but, you know, they, they get pinned deep, and then they turn it over, they kick it back, and the Eagles get the ball back at the, like, 48-yard line or whatever. That's that's not nothing. That's something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I think that, the you know, if you go and you look at the book, especially early in the game when the situation doesn't matter, like, I cannot believe that in the first freaking quarter we see people being like, oh, it would have cut it to a one-score game. Like, yeah, well, you're going to get the ball back at least two more times, you know, here, <laughs> here with four minutes left in the first quarter. So like, don't worry, yeah. don't yeah. worry about There's making it a time. one, we'll maybe get a one score game. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I liked it. And, and he sort of said after, which I thought was encouraging that, that he felt like this was a, um, that he felt like, you know, that the team deserved to be aggressive and that they should know that, you know, why, why he's being aggressive, but he said they didn't want to stop being aggressive. And, and I guess I'm sort of encouraged by that because I mean, look, the book says, the the smart book not the not the not the other book the bad one the bad one the really big one with no pictures yeah yeah <laughs> that the, nobody wants to no, the, yeah. i don't know the meathead book is oh, it's important that the guys be oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the smart book says look you should go for it you know if you get it that's great even if you don't get it it's not so bad uh and yeah i know it could have kicked the field goal please don't tell me i i know <laughs> I can I can add nine to another number and determine where. So, but um, I don't know. I, I think that it, it, he's going to keep being aggressive, and maybe the the play calling isn't really going to match the overall philosophy. But uh, it was a smart thing to do. I you know I as I've been thinking about it, I I would have preferred him kicking the field goal there, and I do like aggressiveness. I do like him going for it on fourth down. I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I I think it makes uh, makes a little bit more sense if you have a little bit more talent on your roster to, I just don't know what 
I don't know what plays that the Eagles have right now that they can depend on. What plays do they have in the playbook where you could say, you know what, nine times out of ten, we run this, it works. Or, you know, there's there's no play that the Eagles have right now where you can say fourth and two, fourth and three, you know, let's, you know, let's run this. We're almost definitely going to – and that's why the, you know, the the – the quarterback option to the left, you know, was, was such a mystifying play because they hadn't tried that yet this year. And I understand, you know, trying to surprise a team, but you know, I, I, the Eagles need to figure out a handful of plays that they know can get them a conversion in that, in that specific spot. And, you know, Carson had been struggling up to that point. He'd already had a couple of turnovers and you could kind of see the game getting away from them a little bit. Um, I would have taken the points in, in those two spots. Now that's hindsight being 2020. And as a fan, you see him line up and go for, go for a fourth down conversion. Like, yeah, let's get this. And the fourth down conversions, those are the types of things where you look like a genius if you convert them. And if you don't, you look like an idiot, especially if the score comes in underneath the field goals. When you added them together, you would have won the game. And so, you know, obviously, you know, Doug Peterson's going to take a lot of heat for that. And, you know, I'm not going to kill him for going for it on fourth down, but I probably would have taken in that particular situation the points, especially being on the road. Um, it's it's still being early. You know, just 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 get within range. Take take six points in the NFL is they're hard to get points in the NFL are hard to get, especially with this offense. And, you know, six times today, the Eagles got inside the Giants 20 and scored just two touchdowns and, you know, missed on two field goals, had another field goal blocked. It was they were in deep in Giants territory all day and and just just couldn't convert. And, you know, he's Doug Peterson after the game said, you know, I mean, you want to you know, there's a fine line between being crazy and borderline crazy and being aggressive. And I still think as a first year coach, he's figuring out exactly where that line is. Yeah, so. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, it's yeah. gonna, it's all going to be taught. It's all going to be done to death. I, I I can't help but feel like whenever we talk about play calling, first of all, nobody's seen the All-22. Fran will come out with his thing, and you know we'll all take a look at it. But, I mean, the play calling, the gripes always, they invariably end up with, boy, why didn't why didn't you, why didn't you run the play yeah, that I works know, instead know. of the play that doesn't work? Like, what what was he thinking? He goes, yeah, we'll hire you. I'll hire you. You come, to my, you come to my house, and you say, why didn't you do the right thing instead of the wrong thing? Hey, you shouldn't have said that, dummy. You know, whatever. Um, I... Uh, I guess I'm sort of with you. Taking the points seems it definitely seems smart now, and you know maybe maybe he'll sort of make that calculus that calculus adjustment, you know, on the road and everything like that. But you know they were down 14 to nothing at that point, weren't they? You know you're gonna uh, are you gonna take a, kick a field goal and be like, yep, 14 to three, right where we want them. Like yeah, it was, it, was it was 14 to three at the time. The first one would have been four, would have made it 14 to six. Okay. Um, and then on the second one, I believe they were down. I want to say it was at that point 21 to 10, but I don't have that. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, so I don't yeah. remember exactly so what that 21 was. 21 to 10 probably would have been smart, but um, you know the, that was towards the end of the half, and they were looking to double dip, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was right after. I mean, I, I didn't. I had forgotten about it after it happened, but Darren Sproles almost returned a kickoff for a touchdown, yeah, got right. knocked out of bounds, the 15 or whatever it was, and and then it come away with nothing from that you know that's that was the part that was demoralized it's like they came within like a footstep of scoring a touchdown in yeah. that play and then you get nothing on that drive yeah blg texted me and he was like they're not scoring here and i was like <laughs> yeah they were totally right absolutely uh, but uh i don't know 
Yeah, it was tough. Maybe maybe we'll see a little bit more about it, but I still think that, I mean, I will stand by that I ultimately think that he was right to do it the way that he did, uh, or at least it was very defensible, that he was not, like, extremely wrong. And I know that we're all mad at him and that we all think we're all back to, you know, he's dumb John Hamm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that I think that his, the stuff that he does, even if he's not really good at, at, like, elucidating it or maybe if it sort of falls flatter on deaf ears or on angry ears, I think that, you know, he makes he's a, he makes solid decisions and he's a he's a good in-game coach. I mean, I, I still would make the case that he's a better in-game coach than most of the guys, even, you know, head bumps. Uh, what am I trying to say? Speed bumps, you know, not with even even considering all the mistakes we've seen him make that I think that he's still a, you know, top in-game coach so far from what I've seen. So, um, yeah, I think that's well, I don't know. Everyone's going to spend all week complaining about Doug. Let's move on. Okay, that's fine with me. Um, so let's talk about Carson Wentz just a little bit. I mean, and, you know, we did mention, too, you know, that, um, you know, Carson Wentz is basically being asked to do it all on his own at the moment. He's got uh, he's on pace for 550 pass attempts right now. That would be the fifth most in NFL history by a rookie. Um, and, you know, the, the Eagles are going, it seems, with um, Darren Sproles as their feature running back. And, and they got away from Wendell Smallwood today after he had a nice run. Um, it, 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 Ryan Matthews has been the forgotten man since uh, since his uh, fumbleitis issues those two weeks in a row. You know, the problem Carson has right now is he doesn't have a run game to depend on at the moment to help take some of the pressure off. And he's dealing with an offensive line where their bonehead uh, all pro offensive lineman is out for 10 weeks or however many more weeks it is now seven i guess it is with his uh with his uh ped suspension and now he's lost alan barber on the left side and so you've got wisniewski on one side and uh halapulavati vitae on the other side and you know so he's we saw today especially on that on that last series matt when um early in the season we were marveling at how well carson wentz did against the blitz and not the same story lately, especially uh, when when the Giants were basically bringing the kitchen sink at Carson Wentz on on that first, second, and third down play on the final series, and he didn't ha- he didn't know what to do with it. He just he had no time. He was running backwards as he threw on those first three plays. Um, you know, it's h- how much of this, how much of it do you put on Carson Wentz's shoulders, and how much do you put of it on the surrounding cast, uh, offensive line, and uh, especially um, him dealing with the blitz. Well, when you're talking about the Blitz, I mean, I guess he, he's got to know that they're coming. He's got to know that they're hot. So, I mean, Spagnuolo mixes it up, right? They do this thing where they call it like sugaring, usually, where they'll bring a guy up like a blitzer, right? You know, you'll see the linebackers. Yeah, yeah. You see the linebackers sneak up, and like 80% of the time they come, right? And then 20% of the time they don't. But like the thing is that even when they don't, it's still disruptive because, you know, then everybody sort of scooches inside or whatever it is that they're, they're you know, trying to accommodate. So even if they don't bring it, like usually the guys like take a step towards it before they realize like, oh, crap, I got to get back here. So um, – it's really hard. It's really hard for a young guy to figure out what he's supposed to do against seven guys coming, especially if, you know, he can't just take it or switch to a run or, you know, something. A lot of times you'll see guys call timeouts in those situations, and I know that that wouldn't have gone over well. But um, yeah, he, uh, I'm trying to think. 
you know, he stood in there on that fourth and nine play. I actually wanted to get back to this because you were talking about how they need like a, a play that works. Mm-hmm. That fourth and nine play was a play that they've run a lot and that works. You know, they had like a three level stretch. It's a it's like a zone, a zone yeah. beater. And so especially when you're talking about a blitz, usually it's zone on the back end because you don't have enough guys otherwise. Right. Well, you already don't have enough guys, but you don't you don't have enough guys. So you have to sort of say, let's just hope. Um, and so so that's, you know, they ran a zone beater and that fourth and nine play to Matthews there at the end, that, that, that game saving before game ending uh, play. That was um that was against a blitz, and that was a that was a nice play. He he stood in, he made a nice throw. It was just an up and down game for him. I mean, they they moved him off his spot. What early on, I think, uh, what was his, his second interception? I thought um, <clears throat> uh, he got some pressure inside, and um, he like ran like to his right. I like. I know he likes to run to his right, but he just ran to his right, and like there's guys there, and there was like no one to his left. Like just go to your left, buddy. Like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, and we we were sort of all marveling at him against the blitz. I think they started to do a little bit more of it, um, and you know, we're seeing that he's he's much more human. But uh, and you know his technique kind of go to crap, just like it can go to crap normally. But um, yeah, it. Uh, we got to just keep hoping that he gets better. And he's a smart kid. He's, you know, incredibly mature. He came out and he was just talking about, like, this is his team and all that stuff. I thought that was, um, you know, kind of cheering that he was like, you know, we're, we all got to, we all have our parts to play and I got to do better and yada, yada, yada and all that stuff as opposed to just being like, I don't know what those guys were looking at, but, you know, or turtling or, you know, who knows. But yeah. um, he's, a, he's a smart kid. He'll He'll figure it out. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's better for him that he started off so hot and now is kind of cooling off a little bit? Because no. I, you, I don't think it was because you were <laughs> the expectations got raised way too high for him as a rookie, and now people are expecting all pro level performance, and you know they're clearly not getting it right now. But he's he he is a rookie quarterback, and that's you know kind of where kind of where it is. He's playing about how he should play as a rookie. Yeah, and I don't think that that sort of thing does him any good. I also don't think that it hurts. Um, I think that he's going to progress how he's going to progress. I don't it, it doesn't seem like like I don't know. I know that some some of these guys can be head cases and and God knows I think uh it, it's tough if you you know encounter success early and then you can never really get back to that point. Um I know that's got to be incredibly draining on someone, but he also seems like he's sort of confident and self-assured enough that that's not really going to be the issue with him. Um, I don't, so I don't think that ultimately this is going to really amount to much. Uh, it does, it is too bad that he isn't already good though. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> it would be nicer if he was gooder. Like uh, really good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, but I think, you know, one of the reasons we were, our expectations changed with this team this year was because he started off so good. And now, you know, maybe that's where, why the expectations need to be dialed back a little bit, but that we'll let the other guys kind of get into that. We'll talk more about, you know, the, the game uh, on Sunday here. Um, what did you think of Bryce Treggs? Um, came out, had a 69-yard receiving day. Um, by the way, Nelson Aguilar has never had 69 or more yards in any game of his career so far. So I told you a little bit about Aguilar. But um, what did you see from Treggs that you liked? Uh, he ran real fast. Um, He's very, very fast. Yeah, he got free on that. That's nice. Um, I don't know. I guess I sort of hesitate to be like, this guy is the solution to all our problems. Cause like, come on, if he was the solution to all our problems, he would have been drafted highly. Well, he would have made the field before now. <laughs> yeah. Right. I and mean, he would have, right. And then he would have played and I would own his Jersey and everyone would own his Jersey or, you know, or whatever. Like 
but I mean, this could he could be a nice wrinkle. Um, I'm not sure he's like really competitive enough or good enough with the ball in the air to ever really be like that kind of guy. Uh, we definitely saw him struggle, and you know there was textbook pass interference, which I don't really think we want to get into. But there was some pretty textbook pass interference against him there uh, by DRC, which was uh, really frustrating to see. But he. Um, uh, yeah, he could really move. That was cool. Uh, that could that could definitely be something. I think that I mean I think that with with Josh Huff getting released, I think we could all stand to see a little bit less of Aguilar and a little bit mm-hmm. less. I mean, even of Matthews and DGB, and DGB could definitely am kind of uh, over him. I think in a in a big way, although he can get yards after the catch, which is more than I could say about other guys. But um. Which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, yeah, it was cool. It was good to see. Uh, it was good to see him out there and and playing a little bit. I still don't really know if they have the if they have the personnel or the wherewithal to kind of uncork one to him, but uh, that could definitely be something that we see a little bit more of. And and then pretty soon we'll get to see a, a stat saying Nelson Aguilar's never had two touchdowns in a game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, that would be nice if that. Yeah, that would be nice if. Well, not would be nice if Aguilar could catch two touchdowns in a game. First of all, or that two be, balls. Yeah, or two balls. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, you mentioned yards after the. Catch. I think I knew you, where you were going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Ertz um, actually made an appearance this week. Actually caught some passes. Um, showed displayed some fine sliding skills, and uh, <laughs> you know it's he was safe. He was safe. You know he yeah. got in under the tag. It was really, really well safe. well done. Yeah. yeah, he could teach the Phillies a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Um, feet first, kids. Feet first. Never head first. Um, no, but I mean Zach Ertz has all the talent in the world. He signed a big deal this off season, um, a big, big deal this off season. And he has been persona non grata the last few weeks. And, you know, Carson Wentz found him this week uh, for, for a few different big catches. Ertz made a couple nice plays, but once again, Ertz is one of those guys where it seems as though somebody sneezes on him. He falls to the ground. Um, oh, it's but, so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by how poorly he's played. I've always sort of ragged on him because people sort of talked about him. Like he was, I don't know, just just ready to explode. Like he's like uh, down on his luck, Gronk or something like that. And then they go out and they give him this big contract. And I do think this might be sort of contributing to why why the expectations were so off was because we sort of felt like we have a lot of talent on this team and we were ready to plug in a quarterback and like go get it. Not not all the way, but like get a little bit of it. But. Um, like that guy, Ertz, he is not playing well. And and I know he's been hurt, please, I know. But he's not really, you know, he's back and he hasn't really been playing all that well. He's got all these frustrating things that he does. His, um, you know, the the line on him coming out of school, out of Stanford, was that he is... Where, wait, where did he go? He went to Stanford. He's a Stanford man. Stanford, I got yeah. it. He's a cardinal. I got mm-hmm. it. Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, little school Smart called people. Stanford. Yeah, yeah. you piece of crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just don't say his name. So um, he, uh, yeah. So, but the, the, you know, he he came to the combine. He ran a slow forty, but he put up really good agility numbers. But like, you watch this guy, and you know, he runs nice routes sometimes. But like, he can't stay on his feet. And I'm sure his agent's gonna come to my apartment and beat me up for this. But the guy cannot stay upright, and and it's bizarre that like a guy of that size and that's right. you know that strength and that sort of skill set could just go down if a you know a five foot ten safety dives at his ankles he's just like oh my god no and that's it i mean that's all that's all he can really like manage to do and and that's that's 
well, it's pathetic, right? Like this is this is not the guy that we thought we were going to get. I, and I I think that was sort of one of the themes for me today was that there's a couple of guys on this team who just got big contracts. You know, the Eagles made the news because they gave out the most guaranteed money ever and the most guaranteed money of the season and all this other stuff. And he that none of them are playing up to that, you know, even a little bit, right? Like um, yeah. Uh, Cox had a, had a big first month, but where's he been lately? Did you see him today? Like I saw him maybe once Vinnie Curry. He's not even playing. I don't know what yeah. the hell the story is there, but like that guy is not even seeing the field. It's very disappointing. And it's sort of upsetting that, and we all sort of rolled our eyes, right? I remember, remember Vinnie Curry, we were all pumped, had a big senior bowl, got drafted in the second round, and then he was inactive. Remember that? He was, yeah. he was inactive like a bunch. And then he was inactive a bunch like the following year. And now he's got this big contract. And look, I know we all love Vinny because he seems cool. He seems, and he does. He <laughs> seems really cool. He grew up an Eagles fan. And so did we, you know, all of us. And yada, yada, yada. But like, dude can't get on the field. And it's been three different coaching staffs who've agreed. So, you know, we we're talking about these guys and, and their disappointing performance. And I think we should really start with the veterans, right? Rather than sort of like letting it loose on Doug Peterson or on Carson Wentz. Like we should be starting with Fletcher Cox, who makes a lot of money. And um, no v- sacks the last four games for Fletcher Cox. And Vinny Curry, who's not a full time player. He's not even like a halftime player. Connor Barwin's playing a lot. And don't even get me started on that. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, and then Ertz, who's who's always hurt, and then you know he sort of turns it on for like four games. I think Jimmy Kemsky did a thing of like last year about, uh, or you know in this off season, I guess about Ertz's splits in like the last five games of the season versus the first eleven. And like this guy only performs in the last five weeks of the year. It seems like it's like incredible, but it's also like it's really frustrating because this guy's making a lot of money and he's got like nine career touchdowns. You know, and none of these guys, these big time weapons, are making plays. No, they're not. They're not making big time plays. I mean, for the, especially for the kind of money that they're making. Absolutely. And Fletcher Cox has to play better. He has to be more of a disruptive force in the middle. He has to sack the quarterback. And he makes, you know, I think he does have an effect that goes beyond, you know, sacks. He does probably help other players by taking double teams and all that kind of stuff. But not not enough. It's it hasn't been enough. And you couldn't be more right about Vinnie Curry. We've been talking about him, you know, for for years about, you know, he needs to do more. And it was it was, oh, Andy's not giving him a fair shake. And then it was Billy Davis isn't giving him a fair shake. And now it's like, well, Jim Schwartz isn't giving him a fair shake. And it's like, look, these guys, (laughs) coaches, coaches tell you what they think of guys. And how many how many times can we just sit here at home and be like, look, I know Vinnie Curry. I know him very well. He came to my birthday. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I was in a was, pl- I was in a play with him in high school. I know him really well, and he should be playing. Like, no, I don't know. He's not playing. Like, maybe someone could ask, and I'm sure Jim Shorts will give you an appropriately dismissive answer. But like, the it, the answer is that like he doesn't deserve it, I guess. But it's it's real real frustrating to see these guys out here and you know not be demanding or or you know de- demanding playtime. Why aren't they stepping up and saying, call my number? get me out there more I should be playing more than 40 percent of the snaps let's talk a little bit more about the defense too because I mean they got down uh 14 nothing early uh, but they were on a short field after the two Carson Wentz interceptions but the two touchdowns that were scored 
it was way too easy for the Giants to get the ball in the end zone. The Obviously, second Odell one, Beckham the second Jr. One of especially, oh, was horrible. especially the second. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. is a special player and he catches a ball over the middle. You know, you had you had one guy get beat off, you know, off the line and that's going to happen. But, you know, the other the other defender takes a bad angle to the ball and and they they just let him walk into the end zone for the first score. And then the second score, you know, you have a real Keystone Cops moment where I, I guess it was Leotis McKelvin bumped into somebody or I don't even remember who it was and yeah it was uh it was mckelvin i think and jenkins and then uh no it might have been watkins but then like mckelvin was like hang on i gotta talk to jalen here for a minute because he because <laughs> this is not how this should have gone and so leotis was like L- listen up jalen here let's talk about this how you doing and then the guy caught the touchdown oh my god it drove me insane it was just like look he barely bumped into you and then he like turned to have a conversation with him I'm like dude you're playing you are playing football right now you are <laughs> And let's let let's talk about it on the sideline. Yeah, you, you can catch up later. Like, oh, you, you you know, how's your Instagram? Oh, did you see my cat? Like, it did a funny thing. Like, you no, know, like, play, you got to you're playing football, hey, guys. Like, I'm watching you. You got to play. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah, no, it's it's not impossible to, to to hold a team to a field goal in that situation. I mean, at the end of the game, you saw the Giants' defense hold the Eagles to nothing after Eli Manning did exactly what Carson Wentz did. In the, in the beginning of the game by throwing an interception, a beautiful interception uh, that was made. Again, we mentioned it earlier by uh, tip by Connor Barwin and um, and Jordan Hicks. But getting, you know, it seemed every time, you know, the Eagles defense for, for large stretches of the game when the Giants didn't have a short field, they did a pretty good job with the exception of, and it's like, it's like, and I'm going to make a baseball analogy. You need a shutdown inning. When, when you're down and your offense scores a few runs to kind of get you back into the game, the next time your pitcher in the next inning comes up, you want him to to not let the other team score, to shut them down, to keep the momentum going. You just got a few runs back. You're 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 kind of getting you're you're getting closer to tying the score up. And then when the pitcher gives up another three runs, it's disheartening. And the Eagles' defense did that today. The the few times the Eagles kind of got it back to a one score game, the defense would give up a long touchdown drive, and all of a sudden it's a two score game again. And it's just like it's like a, a an older brother, you know, using his arm and holding his little brother's head back. His little brother tries to hit him, but his arms aren't long enough. You know, the, the Eagles defense was was it just kept the game far enough out of the offense's reach so that by the end of the game, they just didn't they, they weren't able to get the job done. Is that fair or unfair? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, kind of. I don't know. I mean, we didn't see them making plays. Their starting left guard went down. Um, Justin Pugh. And it still didn't help. You know, the interior stuff. I mean, Bo Allen, for, for the third week in a row, has had a bigger game than Fletcher Cox. And, and don't give me don't give me any of this stuff. I was wrong about Bo Allen, by the way, if anybody wants to. <laughs> I, I didn't think that he'd really be able to make it because I didn't think he really could do it. But he's just he's just sort of an odd player, I guess. But he um, anyway, uh, the the defense yeah they just they just didn't they didn't come through and they've come through we've seen them come through a few times but they they just haven't been producing they haven't been doing enough yeah, and, and they didn't get to Eli Manning enough. I, I don't think, you know, Eli Manning wasn't in nearly enough trouble during the course of the day. There there would be some spurts here and there where they'd get to him, but Eli had a clean pocket for a lot of the game. I mean, you, you, you allow a quarterback to throw four touchdowns against you, you are not causing him enough problems. Uh, and that goes, again, to some of these high-priced defensive linemen. And it goes to Jim Schwartz, who everybody at the beginning of the year was worried was going to take a head coaching job somewhere else. Um, you know, I'm not so sure those offers are going to come rolling in at this point, Matt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I certainly don't think that he would be the top of my list right now. Um, no. Just based on, I mean, look, you watch this team. This is not like 
this team is not like beating the band. This is not like a scheme kind of, you know, oh my God, look at the scheme. It's incredible. Like this is not, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, it's, uh, this is not a, like a, a super duper well-coached defense. Like, this is a defense with a lot of name recognition anyway, and it's, you know, been okay. Well, I, I think that's the thing I've been wondering as I've watched this team play this year, defense on the defensive side of the ball. Are the names bigger than the play? You know what I mean? The, these guys have all shown flashes of being really good players. They have they have big games here and there where they can leap up and you you see them you see them flash this unbelievable talent and you're like, man, that that he's got he's really fast with the ball, or man, that guy really can get around the edge and get to the quarterback. And but it's not there consistently enough. And I guess Vinny Curry's one of those type of guys where we've seen him flash big games, but it's not there quite enough. Um you know, Fletcher Cox this year has been that kind of a guy. Uh, but, we, you know, I, I think there's been like, you know, one consistent defensive lineman this year, Brandon Graham. And uh, outside of that, none of, nobody on the defensive line has been terribly consistent. The linebackers, Nigel Bradham, I guess, has been the best linebacker. But Jordan no, Jordan Hicks Jordan has been invisible for a bunch of games, you know? Oh, so, I don't think so. I, I, I think you've gone too far, Stolness. It, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I think Jordan Hicks has played has been – possibly the best defensive well no but probably maybe possibly the second or third best defensive player uh i guess depending on how you feel about rodney mcleod but i think that i mean jordan hicks is a stud that guy is really really freaking good um but uh, yeah i mean the 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 name sort of i think jenkins has kind of had a down year um obviously the corners have been very disappointing and we're constantly yelling about one of them and asking where the other one is (laughs) <laughs> um, which just reminds me of the Simpsons joke where whenever Poochie's not on the screen, everyone should be going, hey, where's Poochie? Where's Poochie? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, whenever Mills is out there, we're like, oh, God, we need McKelvin back. And when McKelvin's out there, we're like, oh, my God, McKelvin, he, we need, uh, we need Mills out there. And then Carol, they're like, oh, my God, we need uh, uh, McKelvin. And, you know, there's just like nobody's, nobody's ever happy. You just pick two of these three guys and you're always going, where's the third guy? Why, you know, why don't we put that third guy back out there? And I don't know. Um, this was this was not McKelvin's day, by the way, and um, I guess he's kind of getting off easy. No, absolutely, uh, he is, and you know I think it's just because there are too many too many members of the secondary that had that that had bad games. It's hard to pinpoint one, you know. It's just the the group as a collective uh, kind of fall, falls short, and it's been happening every week. Um, you know they they have not they, we, and we said in the beginning of the season when you and I were doing some uh, some uh, some stuff during uh, the. The, the exhibition season that we kind of liked some of these secondary guys, you know, there's some promise with some of these guys, you know, there was some interesting names and you know, it, it nobody has, nobody stepped up and surprised, I think is what we were hoping to see is someone step up and surprise and play, play better than an- anticipated. It just, it has not happened with that group this year. They, they, the Eagles defense does generate some turnovers. I mean, they got, how many did they get today? I think they got another two turnovers, two interceptions today. Um, off the top of my head, so they they get some turnovers, but you know it's it's not a consistent. And one effort. was off of a great great play by Nolan yes. Carroll, who was somebody who I saw people begging for him to be benched for, mm-hmm. I guess, some other guy, <laughs> whoever, <laughs> whoever we weren't looking at at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, that was um, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I didn't say anything. No, I think you're right. No, it's it's. Uh, 
Um, you know, it, it's it's been it's been an uneven effort uh, from the defense this year, and um, I, we've said it all along with this team. This team is going to go as far as their defense takes them, because we knew that the offense had shortcomings. The defense was going to lead this team uh, wherever it was going to go, and you know, so far this year, it, it's led them to a four and four start. And you know, I guess the question, kind of, as we move into the you know looking past you know this game and and looking forward we're halfway through the season now is this matt in your eyes is this is this a playoff team Mm, yeah it probably i don't think that the nfc is full of world beaters right now um i could definitely see this being one of the six best teams in the conference i don't know if it will be but i mean i haven't given up hope uh but i don't think i don't think that they're really poised to make a deep run not as they're constructed right now and you know Lane Johnson coming back might be really the only no, sort I, of I that, that could help them perform well in you know in January. But I mean, this isn't a Super Bowl team. Uh, I guess I'm sort of cheered by the fact that they don't own their own first round picks, so the you know we don't really have to worry that they're overachieving to their disadvantage in any way. But um, <laughs> yeah, this you know Sixers style. But but the uh, the I mean this is this is not like this team is not a complete team um mm-hmm. and it, no no team is but this team is not really i don't think complete, complete enough to get them where they want to be well they're i mean they are in last in the NFC East right now looking up at the Giants Redskins uh Giants and Redskins and obviously the Cowboys um they're in a great spot right now uh Vikings lead the north um but you've got the Lions at 5 and 4 the Pack I mean it's it's probably too early to be looking at the schedule yeah, they're and better seeing, than the Packers you know, they're probably better than the Lions too not that, that, not that the that Saints matters. are 4 and 4 second place in the south I mean are they can they beat the Saints can they beat can they handle Drew Brees I mean are they better than New Orleans um you know they're be- probably better than you know, here's an interesting team. What's going on with the Arizona this year? Who, you know, everybody obviously expected them to be better, and they're three, four, and one. So it's, uh, <laughs> God bless it's been a weird year for Arizona. <laughs> what an unlikable team! Anyway, yeah, they really are. Yeah, they, they really, really are. Really are. So you're right. You're looking at the NFC. There is still plenty of time for the Eagles. You know, even though they have a bad conference record, even though they're winless in the division so far, you know they. They have three more home games against division opponents. They have faced, I mean, the schedule makers should be filleted uh, for what they've done to the Eagles here over the last few weeks. Their last three opponents all coming off the bye. And then next week, they got to take on an Atlanta Falcons team that has maybe the best offense in football on a long week for Atlanta. They played on Thursday night football, and that's coming off the heels of three straight teams with bye weeks, uh, coming off bye weeks. It's, I don't know where, you know, who the Eagles pissed off in the schedule making department but um they're they've got a real tough task on their hand next week as well and i suppose the i suppose john and blg and james and the boys will will handle their previews going coming up next week but um you know it's it's not an easy road this these last few weeks were some games we thought when we looked at the schedule a few few weeks ago the eagles could win and um man it's they they've made it hard on themselves now yeah um but the good news is I think that all of the teams that we thought we were going to play that were really good are bad, with the exception of the Falcons. So, you know, we might... Yeah, Cincinnati is not that great, and Green who Bay, else is... Green Bay Green Bay's like not crap. Yeah. Green Bay just got, just got handled by the Colts, and the Colts are terrible, so... They're very bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's a... I mean, this is, a, this is definitely a... Uh, uh, a winnable stretch here, but I don't know. I guess I feel that way every week. Um, yeah. One more thing before we get to uh, one good, one bad. Um, uh, the refs this week, it's been, the Eagles have had some interesting games where the refs are concerned. And obviously the referees are not the reason the Eagles lost uh, on Sunday. Um, we have to say that we're contractually obligated to say that the refs have never cost an NFL team a victory in one way or another. But I think that's nobody, true today. Nobody wants to hear it. 
<laughs> yeah, of course, of course. It's whining. It's 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 and it's most of the time not terribly true. But um, it did appear as though I don't know, you know, what the refs were looking at this week, Matt. But I mean, uh, there were there were a few big missed calls. Uh, it seemed as though there was a roughing the kicker call on a, a few on uh, the Eagles first field goal yeah. uh, that would have given the Eagles a first down. And there yeah. were a couple others, too. Yeah. And I mean, there was a there was a few instances of interference. Um, I sort of felt like, you know, maybe there was like a late hit or something that, that did, didn't really get called. But yeah, and, and it just all in all, it was not like a it was not a super well officiated game. I thought, you know, people, I guess, praise the consistency of it. You know, I think they kind of let them play a little bit. Um, it's, it's definitely a refrain we hear a lot. Oh, I'll let them play. But um, I didn't think that the um, uh that they didn't do it. They didn't do a very good job with the, you know, the rules part of it. They just mm-hmm. sort of said like, oh, well, you know, we'll just enforce the rules like less across the board. And I, I was a little frustrated um, with the officiating. But, you know, stuff like the the um, uh, 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 the the roughing the kicker play, that was really infuriating. That was um, really very frustrating to watch. Right, because maybe instead of fourteen to three, it's fourteen to seven, and that's kind of a big deal, even emotionally speaking. Yeah. You know, I mean, you get on, you get on with a touchdown instead of a field goal. It's, uh, you know, right, you're right back to a one score game right away. And maybe Doug doesn't go for it on fourth down on some of those other uh, drives. He doesn't feel the impetus to to have to do that. So yeah. you never know how the game's going to shake out if a play like that is called, and the Eagles can punch it in. Of course, you know, even you give the Eagles the ball at the two yard line, there's no guarantee they're getting it in the end zone uh, with the way the offense is going right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. It really is. I mean, and, you know, it's uh, they've got some work to do. Back to the drawing board for Doug and the crew. Um, all right, let's do our one good, one bad, Matt. Why don't you give me your one good for this week? So uh, well, I'll take Brandon Graham. I'll take the easy one. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, a couple of years ago, Brandon Graham signed this contract. Everybody thought he was going to get the, um, uh, what was it, is it Ray Edwards? Is that his name? Up in Minnesota. Uh, he'd never really been a full-time pass rusher, and they gave him like a $44 million deal or something. But Graham signed like a four-year, $28 million deal. Brandon Graham is extremely good and extremely cheap. Uh, and I've sort of put this out there a couple of times that I know his contract's up soon, but he has outplayed it. And if I know the Eagles at all, they will. he will probably be the next one to get extended. Uh, because this is a guy who has earned his paycheck many, many times over. You know, he's not even the highest paid pass rusher on the team, but Connor Barwin makes more than him, and he is obviously a lot better. I mean, Brandon Graham, one of my favorite players, and this is a dude who really, really deserves this, and uh, he was outstanding today. I mean, he was all over the place um, on the on the Destiny Vio, uh, Vallejo uh, sack. He was really the driving force of that. You know, he was in the backfield at a lot of running plays. This is this guy played really well, and he had a great game. And it's a shame that the uh, they couldn't pull it out for him. No, I know, and it's it's it, even more especially so when you consider how maligned he was his first few years um, as a first round draft pick. Absolutely, he's amazing. Um, my good guy for this week, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna say Bryce Treggs. I mean, not that I think he was awesome, um, and not that I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver, but it was it was refreshing to see a long pass play um, actually hit this week. And you know, I, I think you saw Bryce get this get a step on the cornerback a couple other times, and Carson Wentz underthrew him a few different times. Not used to actually having a wide receiver who can run fast. Um, you know, you think that's a prerequisite for being a wide receiver, but the Eagles don't have any of those guys. And it, I, you're hoping that they get some more reps in practice and, you know, Carson Wentz can get used to throwing the the deep ball uh, to a guy like that. Um, 
But like I mentioned, 69 yards in his first game, that's that's pretty good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him out there more. Again, I don't think he's going to be a star in the league. You never know, but it doesn't seem like he's he would have like we said before, he would have been on the field already if he was going to be a star in this league. But a uh, nice game for him um, on an offense that did not have guy a lot of guys that had some some real big days. All right. Um, one bad for you, Matt. Uh, I guess I'll take if you can find one. If you can find one, I, I don't guess know I'll, be I'll able take to... Leotis McKelvin. Um, I think he allowed three touchdowns and just in general didn't play very well. I know that's BLG's guy and BLG will probably be the first one to tell you all about his hamstring injury and about just how bad that is. Uh, I don't know how bad it is. Whatever. Good. Well, soon, I guess. But, um, you know, the, the he did not play well. This was not a this was not a well uh, defended uh, game by anybody really on the cornerback group, but Nolan Carroll made a few plays. Jalen Mills was, you know, mostly fine. And Leotis McKelvin, it just seemed like every time you looked up, something bad was happening. And it even could have been worse because there was at least one play where he got beat and the throw was bad. So yeah, I'll go with Leotis McKelvin. Um, get well soon. <laughs> Happy Mother's um, my- Day. Yeah, <laughs> heal up, son. Um, my one bad will actually be too bad. I'm going to give it to the pair of uh, Doriel Green Beckham and Nelson Aguilar, who, um, you know, they they can't do anything. They can't do anything out there. I mean, when I say they can't, they can't do anything. It's, it's, I don't understand. I mean, the Eagles can't cut them because, you know, they've already cut Josh Huff this week. And, you know, you've already, you know, cut guys, you know, because you need, they need, you need to have people out there running around and, you know, every now and then Nelson Aguilar will catch a ball. He'll probably fumble it not long after that, but he'll, he can catch the ball. But Doriel Green Beckham, what is he doing out there? What is his purpose? They tried like three or four fade passes to him, and a guy his size, not able to get open. His route running is is so far beyond awful. I what is? I'm almost thinking, you know, when when the Eagles made that trade, you're thinking, wow, they they traded away a backup offensive lineman that they're they're never going to need for. For, for a guy with this kind of skill set and this kind of size, and it has materialized in nothing. Did the Eagles lose that trade, for crying out loud? I mean, it, they these two players frustrate me probably more than anyone else on the roster at the moment. And so, and they had terrible games today. They were both invisible the whole game. So they're my, they're my bad for this week. Yeah, I really wish we don't have to talk about this next week. Maybe I'll just quit. Yeah, we should quit. Yeah. That's, we should just quit. That's it. Until they win. Yeah. Good night, everybody. And then, and then we come back when they win. <laughs> No, I don't know. It's it's tough, right? And it's tough to just keep trotting it out. But like, man, oh, man, like this is bad. This is some bad stuff that we're seeing. And it's just it's really sucks. And yet and yet, like we said, this could be a playoff team this year. if They can kind of get their act together here in the second half because because the conference is is weak. They got they got to take care of business in the division at home. Those three weeks they get the the Cowboys, uh, Redskins and Giants coming up later in the season. Um, And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully they'll be able to take care of that. Um, all right, Matt, any final thoughts before we get out of here this week, buddy? Um, let's win one for Brandon Graham. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that Wentz and Peterson, they kind of deserve the benefit of the doubt here that they are both, they are both young guys. They really haven't been doing this for like too, too long. And I guess that's sort of like a corollary to, Oh, great. But, uh, I think that these guys, they seem to, they seem to have something good going, even if, um, even if nothing else is really going all that well, so um, I would, I guess, I would say that just, just you know, don't lose it too bad because uh, these guys could be end up being you know pretty good. 
No, I love that. That's that's absolutely. I agree with that one hundred percent. And you know, I know the 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 siren call on on WIP and on talk radio is going to be to have these guys' heads. And uh, yeah, everybody needs to chill because I mean, again, my final thought: look at the talent level of this team. Look at the talent level. Look at the areas where they're really woefully short, and kind of understand what's happening here. And that there's a there is a second half. Uh, you've got a weak conference. All is not lost. And you know they will continue to play football this year it is it is not over there will be eight more of these games and um they're likely to win some more um likely that's it they're likely to win some more hopefully yeah. uh i think that i think it's the odds to that are strong to quite strong Matt. um all right buddy this will that'll do it for this edition of bgn radio um so good to talk to you. You've been out of you've been out of action the last couple of weeks so it's awesome to uh, get you back on the podcast my friend yeah it's good to be here. I uh, just, you know, family stuff and running around. Yeah. Work's always stressful. And <sighs> yeah, I'm like haunted Life. by it. Yeah. Life, my friend. <laughs> nice thing the Eagles can take you away from all of that and yeah, bring you a whole right. other form of misery. On yeah. A, on a... <laughs> nothing, nothing feels realer than getting, get, <laughs> giving up my Sunday to watch this. <laughs> Three hours. Totally not wasted. Totally not wasted. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of BGN Radio, episode number 201. Uh, my, for Matt Daring, I'm John Stolness. Uh, everybody, uh, have a great week. Check out the podcast on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com. We'll talk to you all next time here on BGN Radio. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours. <laughs>